Welcome back to the Behind the Play podcast. My name is Alex Adams, and today I'm very excited to bring back onto the show the GIF King, Tic Tac Tomar of Yahoo, of Zone Time, uh, the podcast that everyone should check out, and, and the leader of uh, tormented Leafs fans everywhere. So thanks so much <laughs> for coming on, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. I, yeah, I guess we're starting starting like the first couple of steps onto whether that path goes towards torment or triumph. Um, but we can't answer that question until May, maybe June, hopefully June, June would be cool. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be interesting (laughs) to see how the season goes. And, and before we get started, um, I just want to, you know, because like, you know, we've, we've, we've known each other, you've been on the show before we've Mm -hmm. talked on Twitter, but I feel like I don't know you well enough and I need, I need you to, to show me your phone skim through all the pictures show it on the just, just so everyone knows because oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a second i was like what the heck i was like oh yeah good see see that yeah. see that is why how weird mike babcock is because you're thinking to yourself alex what the heck are you asking yeah, me right like, now like, the episode just started like geez now you're gonna ask me like how my day was it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> like straight up yeah that man i listen no one wants to like wish that someone is out of work because you know times are tough and stuff. But Mike Babcock is a person who I feel, and I think a lot of people also feel, got a second chance that he didn't deserve, and this is what he did with it. Um, it's been talked about for you know like over and over again. There's no justification for it, and I know I, I remember when it was coming up, people were saying like, "Oh, he's just trying to get to know them." I'm like. I don't know. Sit down, have a conversation. Hey, you want a coffee? Like, 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 I don't know. Watch a movie. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like how going through someone's pictures out of context, by the way, like, like answers any of those questions. So like, honestly, like, I, th- I think Columbus is in a better spot. I hope they are. And, and, you know, based off the reaction, of the fan base, it seems like everyone's happy with it, but like, man, I, I don't know. I guess this goes to show like Avery on zone time makes, makes mm. the joke all the time. Like, 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 can we finally like, like get to a point where we're not just recycling the same people, both oh. coaches and GMs. So I hope like now we get to a point where like organizations think like, okay, you know what? This is a person who has success in the past emphasis on in the past. Mm. Let's try to find the next person. Like let's look in like the AHL or like college hockey, for example, instead of going with the same person, especially a person like Babcock, who again, who has a long resume of just not being liked. And again, again for good reason. And also, like, I don't know, I find with in, with hockey, like the coaching resume, like that team, those teams he had in Detroit were stacked. Like if, stacked. You, put, if you put me as coach, I think we still win a Stanley Cup. Alex, you and mm. I could have, we could have coached all of those kids. That 2016 Olympic team. No, no, sorry. The 2010? 2014, the 20, oh, yeah, 14. the 2014 Olympic team, the, the World Cup of Hot Man, we could have we could have coached that team <laughs> and they would have won. Like, 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 come on. So, like, honestly, and like even even before he got to Toronto, like like everyone like people were like, oh, like you know, the 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 best coach in hockey at the time. And you know, I, at the time, I was a victim of it. I was hyped, I was like sick, that's cool. But then when you look at the numbers. Like Detroit, they were on like a turning point when you know they lost a lot of their Hall of Famers, obviously. Yeah. And you know, I'll give them one thing: like that, that, that team that finished last for the Leafs, that was the hardest working last place team ever. Like, <laughs> man, like those games yeah. were not that pain that painful. But at the same time, it's like 
He didn't really do he didn't he didn't do anything here, that's for sure. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like this resume is overall. You win one one cup and you're set. You're set. Yeah. Oh, he's a Stanley Cup winning coach. Okay, yeah. Like in what 2007? The same thing happened with Randy Carlo. Oh, he won the Stanley Cup. I'm like, yeah, like like 2003 or whatever look, it was. Look whatever. at that I team. Know. Like I remember 07. That that Ducks team is like what <laughs> you just look on paper. That decor, the goal, you know, just at, at a certain point, how much is coach, especially in a game with like hockey, and I'm not saying coaches have no play, like play in the game or have no impact on the income uh, outcome uh, of the the results, but at a certain point, it's like th- this isn't the NFL. You're not drawing up like specific plays. <laughs> like this is a different sport, right? And yeah. so it's like the new coach bump, which is like the weirdest phenomenon that I I don't understand. I think that's all psychological. Anyways. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you just a bit on that. Is what what did you what did you make of Chicklets? Like, obviously, this big podcast breaking it. A bunch of former NHLers. Obviously, they're they're you know some people love them, some people hate them. But what do you make of seeing more players? Almost, I guess it's ex players, but the more of a player empowerment movement that really led to Babcock getting fired. I or- mean, I think. I think the the thing that comes up a lot is that there are a lot of like horror stories that take place in hockey, right? And the unfortunate thing is that we don't learn about these stories until like years after. Again, like one of the, like the you know, one of the most talked about examples, at least one of the most talked about talked about things that should be an example is the Akimalu story and what yeah. he went through with Bill Peters, and that happened years ago, and we didn't find out until years after. So I think the the interesting thing about this situation is that we have something that took place relatively recently, right? It didn't happen like at that moment. It probably happened sometime earlier in the offseason, but it's something that happened. It was talked about. It was brought up and the appropriate consequences were done. Again, we talked about the podcast. I'm impressed that the NHLPA did their job. Yeah, I, I know. Was like, wow, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. The, the Players Association did what they were supposed to do. That's great. So what I hope happens now is that more and more players feel like if something's going on and it doesn't feel right or doesn't smell right, like that they talk about it and they don't just they don't just say, well, you know what, this is what I have to do to, to be in the NHL. This is what I have to go through to um, you know to, to play in the league. And again, I think it's very empowering that it was the young players who were like, I don't really like what's going on here. So you know, does it does it always have to take you know podcasts like like that? Um, you know, for those things to for those things to happen. In this case, I guess. But I hope that's I hope now I guess the door is more open for those conversations to take place. Where instead of you know having to rely on player to player interactions, maybe you are reaching out to another yeah. coach or like some person on staff or the PA. So Marty Walsh can do his job and such. So I think it was definitely a, a good step in the right direction for sure. Just to ensure that, like again, the 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 darks and the nasty stuff that's happening, you know, doesn't continue and is dealt with. Yeah, and and to pivot as best as I can from dark and nasty, I'm going to talk about the Leafs play and in the playoffs and and your fandom. Firstly, just do you miss Kyle Dubas? Is this is this is he your you know long lost brother? Is that is, is, <laughs> is this now you're thinking about driving down to pittsburgh to go see him like what do you do you make of dubas being gone now um i mean that that whole situation was weird and like at the end of last season you know like i when the whole conversation about like well you know can should kyle dubas get an extension like i thought that you know in in his tenure he had done enough to earn earn that right to, to get an extension 
at the same time, you know, obviously, you know, things fell short. You know, Brandon Shanahan, you know, finally stepped up and said, no, I am the GM. We we're like, yes, <laughs> well, now we know that. Um, <laughs> and, and that fell out. And now we have Brad Tree Living, who, you know, even though they had the team hasn't played games, I've liked some of the moves that he's done. Um, but I don't know. I'm just so I, I'm at that point in, in my fandom of leafdom, if you want to call it, mm. where I just want them to win, man. So it's like, so if this is the, if this is the course that, that takes place and cool, I mean, again, it, it's unfortunate and it sucks the, the way that it went out, but I guess, you know, how, you know, the position that we see Kyle Dubas in now, where he's GM and also the president of hockey operations, I believe, yeah. you know, I guess it shows that even if he did stay, it may not have worked long-term, Like you probably would have gotten here anyway. It might have gone to a position where it was either Kyle or Shanahan that stays. And obviously, you know, Shanahan won that battle. So, you know, when it comes to the Leafs, again, of the moves that Brad Chibley pre-living made, I like a lot of them. I understand them. You kind of have to see how they get put together on the ice. But, you know, if you look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's in a completely different situation. Well, not completely mm-hmm. different, but they're a little more desperate, desperate than I think the Leafs are because, you know, you have – Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, who are you know getting to that you know that high high side of thirty. So you know a lot of the the moves that Pittsburgh had to do kind of mimic that. Whereas the Leafs are still kind of like in their that in that prime window, especially when you have like Matthews and Marner and Nylander who are still in those in those tw- in their twenties and such. So it's unfortunate that that it took place, but you know I think I don't know it might be end up being one of those blessings in disguise, okay. especially again because. The thing that's that's always driven me nuts, okay, is that anytime the Leafs are facing a team that just decides, you know what, we're just gonna start hitting you for no reason, <laughs> and they do nothing. And there was a time where I was like, you know what, it's okay, it's fine. You know what, they'll 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 take their penalties, they'll score on the power play and stuff. But my breaking point, <laughs> this is this is my like, nope. I can't do this anymore. They need to get tougher. Was when I watched poor Matthew Nyes get rock bottomed by Sam oh. Bennett mm-hmm. and no one did anything. That was my straw. So I'm seeing Brad Trilliving bringing in players like Ryan Reeves. And a lot of Leafs fans don't like the Ryan Reeves deal because of the 1.3 and because of the term and because of what it brings on the ice and yada yada. Listen, I don't care. It's Ryan Reeves. Tyler Bertuzzi can do it, can do every can, can do all, all, all those aspects. Max Domi can do all those aspects as well. Now I'm not I'm not saying I want them to go around and headhunt and stuff. Yeah. But am I more confident that if things go down, that there's gonna be a response? Absolutely. And and we've seen it. Skill, speed, talent, that's great. But that pushback and that just response, it we see it every year. Every, every year there's a team that just has that. You know what? We're not taking this anymore. Factor. Vegas had it. Colorado have had it. Tampa had it. Like has it? Not even in the past tense. So I think the Leafs are, are moving towards that. And I and again, it's not to say that Dubis was completely against that because we saw him make those deals for those players that do that. But I think it seems like now there's going to be like kind of like a wholesale, I guess, culture shift around that. And I'm okay with that. It's unfortunate again that Dubas had to go, but I'm really interested to see how the team plays this year. What What do you think of the idea that at a certain point that the top guys have to bring it right? Like, 
-hmm. like obviously i guess you could say that tyler bertuzzi is part of the the not the core four but is in like the top half of the lineup uh but Mm -hmm. like at what point is it up to a matthews a marner to do it and have they shown us enough that maybe that's not who they are and does is that is that like how does that impact how you feel about their toughness yeah, um, I think they all have it in them. I think they just just choose not to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the aspect of like you know what, like haha, you took a penalty, right? And I think like like I think Martyr is Martyr is very in that camp because there are a lot of moments where like someone will try to rough him up and it was like laugh, he'll just like laugh and stuff, right? But you know, again, there are some times where you kind of just want to like, you kind of just want to let people know that like, hey, don't do that. I'm not going <laughs> to start anything, but I will finish it. Don't do that. Right. I think Matthews has it, has it in him. And especially over the last like three seasons, we've seen him hit a lot more. Nylander last year, there's a game in November where he just laid someone out along the boards. And I was like, William. <laughs> right. So they, they all have it in them. And I think it's just, I think maybe over the years, maybe like the, the frustration and again, the ways in which they're, they lose and get eliminated has gotten them to that point. Again, I don't think they have to initiate anything, but I think if like, if there's a, a line brawl going on, grab a partner and dance, like, 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 you know, just, just show, show but, the team that like, you're at least willing, willing to play. And I, and I think that's something that, that, the, that the star players, um, you know, definitely have in them for sure. I, I'm not, I'm going to push you not on necessarily the point, but like, we still didn't see that last year. Like you talk about the Matthew nice hit, like, like I, I'm not trying to get you all gloomy already before the season, yeah. but I'm just curious, like, because they still didn't do it last year. Like what, yeah. what changes? Is it just Tyler Bertuzzi and Ryan Reeves showing up and like, how are they different than like a, a Chari and O'Reilly? Like, it feels like we've seen this movie a bunch of times. I think the difference is that last year, um, or even in years prior, there'd always be like one person who'd be like the designated mess him up person, right? Last couple of years it was bunting. And that's and mm-hmm. I felt so bad for him because it would always be him. And then anytime he did something, the refs were like, Hey, you're going to the box. Right. But <laughs> now I think what and even like when like for example, like Alona, like Achari got added like like later on. In the past, you know, we think of like Nick Felino, for example, you know, before the back injury, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what's happening now, or what they're trying to do, is get it to a point where it's like there are multiple people who are willing to go, who are willing to go there, and then can drag everyone else into it, right? So it's not it's not necessarily uh they start it and then we kind of like jump jump someone afterwards. It's just like a you know what, like, you, you know, you kind of, you might, you might feel bigger or taller, or at least more, more confident on, on the ice and maybe might feel like, okay, I can handle this here. Now to your point, we have not seen that whatsoever. So again, at this point, I'm it's just wishful thinking, but I think they have it in them. And if they don't, they need to get something like that. Because again, we've seen it time and time again on these cup winning teams. I'm not talking about contenders, like cup winning teams, their star players, when you know what's hitting the fan, they will drop them. Mark Stone just grabbed someone yes oh, a couple yeah. years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And Nathan McKinnon will do it, right? Like like Nikita Kuch, like oh, so many people on Tampa. Yes, they have their dirty moments and such, but they, again, they'll fight with they'll fight if one yo when one calls upon. And 
I'm hoping that I'm hoping that with the additions of, of you know Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves, that maybe some of those conversations start to take place more often. Maybe again, it won't happen. It ha- won't happen like you know, like all at once. But like, if there's a game, for example, where like I don't know, ah, uh, like a math Matthew Nice, for example, again gets like completely la- laid out. Yeah, I hope a lot of them have that moment of, huh? Okay, this happened last year. And we didn't do anything. You know what? Screw it. And then just something snaps. Again, just wishful thinking for me. But we've seen again, we've seen time and time again that the skilled teams, the speedy teams, they can still they can still handle themselves in that department. Well, how do you feel how surprised are you that that the core four is back? And uh what do you make of the the Matthews contract? Because it was definitely an interesting one for both sides, but it seems as though Leafs fans are pretty happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the core four being back, I'm not surprised. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. That's okay. Um, because of how the Dubis thing took place, mm-hmm. I don't know anything, but I feel like Dubis is gonna move one of them, especially because a lot of clauses were coming up. Like you know, Nylanders, uh had a no no trade that was gonna gonna come up. Marner, my first Marner, the full no move, and I wonder if. That was something that was being entertained, and that also became part of the reason why, you know, why paths diverged and such. So I'm not really, I'm not too surprised there. I'm also not not surprised that you know, in this era of, of you know, you know, Brad True Living, again, it's just new that something still hasn't been done, right? You know, something that Brad True Living has mentioned over and over again that if you have you know star talent, if you have the lead talent, like you do everything you can to keep it because it's really hard to get that talent. And, you know, as a person who was a Leafs fan for the longest time, screaming for a number one center for Phil Kessel. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, been, it's been, it's difficult. Right. Um, So I'm not really too, I'm not too surprised that all four of them are back. Um, And again, you know, hopefully it's another boat of confidence or whatever you want to call it, that that can help them help them go the, the workout. Who knows? Um, As far as the Matthews contract, like, at first, okay, I guess the one of the main reasons why I wasn't too negative on it is because I never thought it was going to be eight years or seven years. Mm. I always thought it was going to be something kind of small. To be honest, I thought it was going to be three. So the fact that it was four was wicked. Okay. Um, I I just think that we're kind of moving into a new era in the NHL, especially with this. Now, everyone, I, keep, I, everyone keeps talking about this. I know. <laughs> and it's just like. Okay, but we did this last time and then it didn't. So, but I don't know. Everyone seems confident about it. So if the salary cap does go up, then these type of deals won't look as quote unquote bad. And I think either way, we are still moving to moving to areas where players overall are going to start wanting to get those lower team deal, the lower, lower term deals. Like even look in Calgary, a uh, Michael Backlund just signed a signed a contract. It was only two years. And I was like, oh, hmm. but but you're captain. I'm like, okay, okay. Um who else? Oh my gosh, I, I I forgot. I can't recall the name of the defenseman, but um, what required team? them in a in a trade from Columbus. They're on the Kings. I want to see Gavrikov. Like yes, yeah, I think he signed like a one or two year deal as well. Two, I think two at four something. I, yeah, I, something like fours. that. Yeah, it, it's getting there, right? So a lot of I think I think what we're gonna see more often is like if a player can't really like cash out on that eight year deal, which I don't even know if that's even gonna like increase the cap in any way. I think we're gonna see more players taking shorter term deals. And then again, something that that everyone's been talking about is like, you have to think about the age that Matthews is going to be at when it expires. And, you know, I think he'll be like 30 or 31. 
if you know ideally he's still at that you know at this elite elite playing talent right you know still plays into his 30s great make a decision there resign him now what if knocking on wood what if he <laughs> hits 29 and then all his talents you know just disappears and then you have him signed for five more years because of a long-term deal and then yeah. you're in a position where it's like huh okay so a 15 million dollar cap hit probably with some type of no trade clause well, what are we gonna do so i i think that's i guess the some some of the positive positive way, ways to think about it i think as matthews as a player he's probably just doing it to maximize as much, as much career earnings as he can and you know what by all means go for it but i think it it does help the leafs in a sense where after the deal's done they can kind of evaluate what they want to do because like what if no what if I hope this doesn't happen. <laughs> End of the year, we have still not gotten anywhere close to the cup. There's no point in continuing this again. So at least there, at least there, you have the the cap flexibility to kind of do some type of retool or rebuild. Gosh, um, if, <laughs> if it goes there. So I think on both on both sides, it, it does make sense and it helps. Again, I think one of the main reasons why a lot of Leafs fans hate it. Is because you look around the league and you're seeing eight year deal, eight year deal. What what did you think when Tim Stutzla said, you know, we we like I took less money so we can win? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. And you just think I have to see this guy for the next eight years. Yeah, I know it was the preseason, but that shot is disgusting. I know. (laughs) I I, I, I was like, oh, okay. You got offended. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, again, I think you look at teams like Ottawa, New Jersey as well. They have a lot of their young core, like, locked up for a long time, and, that, and, that, and that's great. Um, what, as far as what Stutzel said, I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing to prove otherwise. There has yet to be a team with a double-digit player that's won the Cup. The only team that's done that is is Vegas, When but the, I think Jack Michael was only there for a season. Yeah. And so that's the only team to ever do it. And Mark Stone so, came on LTIR. Like it, it was one of those kind of captioning. Exactly, right? So it's like, I, I, so I get like the instant outrage for it, but like, yeah, you look at the quote and I'm like, like, where's the lie? Like, and again, like we just, we just won a series last year, right? Again, with, with this cap structure. So there's nothing really to get, to get angry about. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the least versus sends and heat up and stuff, but like, Again, I'm I'm watching this team. I'm watching what they're what they try to do in the playoffs. You know the things haven't worked out, out worked out that way. And at the same time, they're constantly finding putting themselves in positions where they have to do all these weird cap gymnastics to get things to work. Last year, we had to keep signing all these PTO goalies because we couldn't because of, because of the cap. So it it just it's it's the reality of it's the reality of how, how it is. It's the reality of how flat the cap has been. If the cap has if the cap increase in the way that like Kyle Dubas, for example, thought it would, but he initially signed those deals, maybe we're having a different conversation. But this is what it is. This is a reality. And until the Leafs do something about it, then you know Stutz's quote is accurate. But what's interesting is, and and this isn't people always talk about how they make so much money. The mm-hmm. thing is they other than in little spurts, they pretty much always underperform. Like their best players have never played up to it. And you feel like, yep. was it because they lost because of depth? You could argue, but more like last year, like they just didn't score. And it's like, well, who 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 are they paying to score, right? It's Mitch Marner, 
Austin Matthews, William Nylander. So when people mm-hmm. come and say, well, like the Leafs, you know, core four, they paid them too much. It's like, no, they paid them to be better in the playoffs. <laughs> Alex, every year when all these preseason shows start, right? Every year. And I wonder if, and I wonder if anyone's noticed this, like, and like the people who are saying these things, if they notice it every year, people say, oh, well, what do you think of the Leafs? What do you make of the Leafs? And they say the same thing over and over. And it makes you want to throw my head into a wall. They're <laughs> like, oh, I don't like their blue line. They need to get bigger on, on defense. The blue line does not score goals. Like, <laughs> like, and, like you see it all the time when the Leafs need to score a goal whether it's an elimination game or just some type of like high 10 situation, they can't. And the star players can do in the, Oh, well they need more depth or the <laughs> star players can score the goals. Right. And and so that's what we need. We just need a, a year. And I hope it's this year for one of them. Like Nylander is generally really consistent in the playoffs, but I just need Matthews or Marner Marner would be cool to just one day say, you know what? We're not losing this series. And just put up like 15 points. Like, you see what dry oh my god, dry sidle. Dry sidle goes super saiyan seven in the playoffs, man. He just he just snaps and it, it's crazy. But again, that's what you need. You need your best players to be your best players. It's about the goals that they score. So when it comes to these con to these contracts, it's like, yeah, sure, you don't get paid in the playoffs, but like. These the players who have the highest cap hits do so because they're paid for what they're expected to perform in those key moments. And whether it's a playoff clinching regular season game, a series clincher, a Stanley Cup final, like that's what they're being paid for. And as it stands yet, the least star players haven't gotten to that point. Again, again, except for Newlander. No, no, and and just with that, what I find is so interesting is that the fact that. it's just every year they just don't perform right and it's always the same question about cap and you know they've made too much money but you also hear them after they lose and it's like they're not saying the right things they're not being like you listen to like leon dreisaitl and Connor mcdavid and it's like it was like oh my god it was their fault that they lost to vegas and you're thinking oh my god no it was not no it was not it was because their defense sucked and they had no like Mm -hmm. so you would like maybe a bit more accountability and I never really feel it. And I don't know if that's because they're making too much to not care. I, like, I, I don't have an insight. I'm not around the team, but mm-hmm. it would be nice to, to hear them take more ownership of, of the, the feats. And, and that's why I'm just skeptical. is isn't even as much about how they lose, but what they do after. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just hope that they're fed up, you know, just, just, just fed up. Like I remember, I think it was 2020 or 2021 when, um, but when you know, back, back when the, the Colorado Avalanche were the Leafs of the second round, um, mm-hmm. they didn't get out of the second round and Nathan McKinnon looked into that camera and said, <laughs> I haven't won, you know, I haven't won yep. anything. I have not won, but yeah, like all these accolades, I, I haven't won that's what I want. And I feel like it's there. Matthews has sometimes gotten to that point of kind of saying like, you know, like I don't really care about like the individual accolades. I just want to win. I think he started saying that a lot, a lot more last year, but yeah, like, like when I, I hate listening to the post game comments after 
they get eliminated because they say i hate when they say lessons i like it like it, it irks my soul it's like it's like oh this is a lesson for us i'm like it's the process no the lesson was like i don't know boston the first time or the <laughs> second time or columbus or montreal or tampa like like those are the lessons like no now we're now it's just like either you did or you didn't like screw them or screw the moral victories so I I just again I I hope they're at a point now where they're just they're 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 fed up. Maybe over maybe this off season this is the closest that they thought where it's like oh wow we could actually be broken up here like like this is where maybe this this might be an opportunity maybe a moment where one of us gets traded. They kept they come back it didn't happen. The coach is still here. The GM isn't. It's a new GM who's looking and watching. So yeah you know like like it's still elite talents but still like there's still a lot of I don't know, I guess um evaluations are being done, yeah. for example. Right. And and this is this is the op like this there, there there's such a strong opportunity to really make an impact. And I hate to throw the Mark Bergerman thing, but like you never know what happens in the play. Who had Florida make it to the final? I didn't. They beat Boston. And I thought it was funny. Then I got hit with karma because they beat us next. <laughs> so, so it's like anything can happen. And especially in, in a time now where like Boston's getting old. Bergeron's I... not there anymore. Right. Um, David Krejci retired again. Oh, look at Tampa. Tampa, you know. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, Vasilevsky's down for Vasilevsky's two injured. Kalorin's in Anaheim. We don't even know if Stamkos is going to stay there. They may not even be good. Knocking on wood, they probably will, but you know, who knows, right? Like, like the Atlantic division for the longest time always seemed like such like a like a powerhouse and stuff. But now we're getting to this weird like transition point where you have teams like Ottawa, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, who are trying to take that next step. You have the teams that were who are good for so long that might be taking a step back, and then you have the Leafs that are still there, and they really have an opportunity. To send a message this year. Now, I'm not saying dominate the regular season because I don't care about the regular season. I just want them to set up, set up shops such that in the playoffs, they're in a good position to win. And then they win again. And then again. And then they have to win again. Cause if they make the Stanley Cup final and lose, I wouldn't survive. I couldn't do it. I don't <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how people I don't know how how, how fans how you know, you know what, you know what I want <laughs> just for you, Omar, is that yeah. you make the finals and you're thinking, okay, great. And then it's Connor McDavid every single shift and he's just looking at you <laughs> piercing through the TV oh. screen and he lifts the cup in Toronto despite all of his GTA you know it's just his family and I I just I would love that because there would be I, so much I would content take a, I, I would take a hiatus off of like everything <laughs> like, just, like I I just I would disappear for the entire offseason you would if they the- if they made if they made the final and lost, and it was McDavid the, the loss to the Oilers in Toronto, we just man, that would suck. We'd get you a GIF for like every day, and it was like the like <laughs> like the Elmo one. The Honestly, fire, where the fire comes out. But um, I want to transition a little bit to like mm-hmm. what what do you make of bringing back Sheldon Keefe? And I, I talked to Luke Fox last week. Um, and I've heard it from others just kind of listening to all the Toronto media that it sounds as though he has a he's a bit different, maybe a bit more firmer, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a bit tougher, maybe because his boy Kyle Dubas is gone. 
Uh, do you like what? How long of a leash do you think he has with this team, and was that the right choice to bring him back? Um, I guess I'll start with the second question first. As far as was it the right choice, as it stands, kind of, because you know when you fire a coach, you have to know like who's the next person available. And like I, I don't, I from like the the crop of available coaches around, I couldn't see of anyone who would be an upgrade over Mike Babcock. Oh <laughs> wow, no, there's like there's like a there's like universe. Just like imagine, imagine that press conference. I, sorry, I had to. Throw... I would just scream. What was the point? <laughs> like what? What was the point? We just stopped paying him. You're just gonna hire him again? What was the point? Yeah, um, I'm sorry, so yeah. I had to. <laughs> okay yeah so it's just like you know like i i don't necessarily see a you know from the available coach there an improvement there and again i i do like keith's thought process i like that he likes to try new things and try new things and give players different opportunities when things aren't working the only time i don't like when he does it is when you know their kind of backs are against the wall and they do something that clearly doesn't work. You lander at center. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but besides that, besides that, it's okay. Uh, but I think the reason why I'm more leaning towards the side of it's okay, two reasons. One, it's only a two-year extension. So they can fire him. It's whatever. They'll pay for it. It's a lot less than what they have to pay Babcock for <laughs> X, yep. ever since 2019. So, like, that's fine. And then another thing as well is that I want to see – how Keith coaches to your point, Alex, without Kyle. Yeah. Elden Keith had his toys, Justin Hall, Alex Kerfoot, and they are not here anymore. So I want to see whether there was some, maybe on whether there's an aspect of his coaching that was maybe being held back by the, that, the player personnel there, or even the GM. That's what I want to see. And who knows? Because again, like, Yes, the regular season doesn't matter, but like it's still important to have a good regular season. And the Leafs have been a great regular season team, and especially in the last two years, they've been a lot better defensively. And it's actually like yeah. it was really noticeable last year. I was like, "Wow, they are actually, you know, paying attention in the defensive zone." Wow, right, right now, is there room to room to improve? For sure, for sure. But I think that element of um, that element of it <laughs> makes the made the the extension of Keith an easier pill to swallow. Now, if he's doing the same things that got him in trouble before, okay, then that then that then that's tough. But I think I think amongst you know a big change like a GM, I think it is cool to have some familiarity around. And again, the players having Keith, you know, some of the players have been playing for Keith for the longest time. I could think of like Timothy Lilligren, for example, uh, when he was on the Marley. So it's been a very, very long time with him. I think that's great. However, comma, Sheldon Keefe's replacement, if things go south, is on the bench. Guy Boucher, I'm looking at you. I saw I that hiring, and I was like, you are the just-in-case. Yeah. If things go south, Guy Boucher, you're the, you're the next head coach. So I guess this is a big game of wait and see, but, but I, I do think it was it was the right, right choice in hindsight. Yeah, um, man, the Guy Boucher reference kind of – took me for a, a loop but uh <laughs> i want i want to go to the d because you talked about that and the forwards have played better but this decor on paper doesn't look very good i i will say that that's if they felt because in past years you have muzzin you have riley brody like you think oh that's yeah. a pretty good 
decor. Uh, after Morgan Riley, it feels like it falls off a cliff. There's Klingberg, who's, uh, well, fun. Um, just w- how worried are you about that? Because that's, I, if I'm a Leafs fan, I, I, I feel pretty confident in your goaltending, actually. Um, yeah. But uh, what do you make of the decor going into this year? Um, yeah, so ironically, I made the joke about how like every year, like they say, like, oh, at least you need, need a better blue line is not the not the problem. Uh, this year, yeah, a little concerned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there are there, there are a lot of things you kind of have to be, yeah, have to have a lot of optimism towards. So, you know, like, like, you know, you know, you say, you know, there's a big drop between Morgan and Riley, but it kind of starts with him because in the regular season, he wasn't good. And then he turned it on the playoffs. Ooh, I don't know what happened. So player. can he stay to that at that standard or does he go back to regular season last year? If that happens. Okay. We're, we're in trouble. Jake McCabe, a full year of him. I think I'm fascinated in, um, especially because again, you know, he was, he had relatively speaking, good numbers, despite the fact that he was playing on Chicago and you see his defensive impact when he, when he, when he came to the Leafs, there were some moments in the playoffs, especially some moments in that Tampa series towards the end where like him and Brody, like look, did not look right. And I did not know what was wrong. So if he is, if he is at his, you know, steadiest, that's great. Um, Mark Giordano is going to be 40 when the season starts. So uh, blocking Sheldon, shots. Yeah. So so that Sheldon's first task is whether he can have those honest conversations and say, hey, Mark, you're 40. You're not playing 82 games. You know, t- take a seat a couple of times, which is great because, you know, I'm looking at a, like a player like um, like uh, um, Simone Benoit, for example, from Anaheim, who appears to have a chip on his shoulder. Looks kind of frazzled, or you know, looks kind of frazzled. He didn't get a didn't get a deal with Anaheim and was left unqualified. So it looks like he has he has something to prove. He's described himself as a physical player, a defenseman that likes to move people in front of the net. Music to my ears because <laughs> we don't have a lot of defensemen that yeah. do that. So does he make the team? That'd be great. Connor Timmins was in this awkward spot where for the longest time is like, okay, he probably he's probably a person that you know that goes on waivers, goes to the Marlies. After this preseason, I don't think he clears. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But, you know, can he get better defense? Like, we know he can put up points. Can he put? Can he get better de- uh, defensively? Who knows? Timothy Lilligren, this can be a huge season for him. And I'm already starting to see a lot of those good signs, especially in his confidence with transitioning the puck. So I think this can be a really good opportunity for him on the right side. And then there's John Klingberg. John Klingberg has some wholeness to him. And when I say wholeness, I mean Justin Hall. Um because <laughs> man, there are some t- I, I there the preseason game he played, I I I thought he was still on the team. I was like Justin, I thought you're in Detroit and I'm like, "Oh, no, just same number." Because like offensively, I get it. I think he had like eight shots his first game. Yeah. I get it. Um the the Mitch Marner goal that that led them to led them to to overtime, it started with a Klingberg um well, one timer created the rebound pff, score. That's cool. Defensively, that's where my concern is. So if they play him with like McCabe or Brody, who can handle that defense, cool. But it just it, it's really gonna come down to the communication, and that's something that like old Leafs teams of the past like. Like the like seventeen eighteen teams, for example, that had like you know a young Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner, for example, that did not talk to each other, and I knew that they didn't talk to each other because one player would go, 
and then the other player would go, and then a two-on-O would take place. <laughs> and I watched Klingberg, and I'm like, okay, I feel like that might be a concern. So, like, they just have to worry about, like, communicating and making sure they're in constant dialogue. If that happens, maybe it can be better. But if you gave Brad Trilliving some truth serum and asked, like, hey, was this the blue line that you had that you that you imagined to start camp? I think he'd be lying if he said yes especially because he said multiple times that he wanted to add one more defenseman. So at this point, it seems like, you know, the the forward core defensively and the goaltending are really going to have to be sharp. But maybe we get to a point where they just get better by committee. That's, that's, yeah. that's a term. And they can always add at the, the deadline too, I think. Exactly. I, think, I exactly. think if you add one impact defenseman, like a kind of top four, but closer to four, that mm-hmm. they could be okay. But I, I really look at that and, you know, their forwards outside of Marner and Matthews, I wouldn't say are the greatest defensively. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, just quickly before we, we transition to some other stuff, just mm-hmm. – uh, what do you make of the goaltending? Like, I'm pretty high on them. I thought Wall looked really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Samsonov had a great year. Again, probably played too many games down the stretch because of the cap but and was injured. But when he was healthy, I thought he was pretty good. But uh, just how confident are you with these pretty unproven goalies going into the, the year? Yeah, see, it's interesting you bring up the, um, the games played for Samsonov, Alex, because that's actually something he mentioned at the beginning of the year where it seems like the plan is for him to play more, but they're preparing him for that. Um, But I think even if that does go south, I do think this is, like a lot of people have been saying this, I think this is Joseph Wall's time to really grab hold of things. And I think if there is that instance where maybe Samsonov does go down with injury, I think Wall can handle it. I really do. I, I like his game. I like how calm he is. I'm a big fan of, after years of having Jonathan Quick, you know, breakdancing goalies. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the quiet sound positional goalies and Wall is like, it, it is that I think the, I think play, playing in the playoffs last year was huge for him. He's really so good. A great, a great confidence boost for sure. So yeah, to be honest, I actually really do feel good about, about the goaltending. And I, and again, I do like the options that we have in the event that those two go down. Now, I'm worried about Martin Jones now because of the Vasilevsky thing. Bro, can I just can I just yeah. stop your yeah. your GIF on <laughs> Martin Jones today? Just I I almost fell over. It was like he's good? gone. He, he's, he, I saw that tweet and I mean I'm like he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I I thought they'd be able to sneak him through. I'm like, no way. He he's gone. Either yeah. he's gone on waivers or like. Julian Breezewell is going to be calling Brad and saying like, "Hey, like, I'll give you like a six or something, or or whatever." But like, yeah, he's gone. Um, but either, but either way, I, you know, I think I think you know af- after them, you know, like um, Dennis Hildeby, for example, you know, still relatively new new to the organization, but huge goalie, like six seven. Again, same thing, positional, steady. Doesn't move too much. Um, Keith Petrozelli for uh, you know played last year with the Marlies. I, I'm really really high on him as well. So I think not even just the two goaltenders that we have in the NHL, but I think just the depth. I think we're more equipped to handle injuries. And you know, it happens. I think Vegas went through like five goalies last year. So like having goal goal having goaling uh goaltender depth is important. I think the Leafs are for the most part um equipped for that. So. So I mean I don't want to ask you a prediction because we don't know, but mm-hmm. is is this the year? Is this the is this the? Do you feel it in your you know your bones, your heart, everywhere in your fingers when you're on Twitter? Uh, 
is this the year? Are they going to break the curse and make it to the third round? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> and win and win the Stanley Cup. I, it, it, it's so it's so di- like honestly like it's so difficult to to predict Stanley Cup winners yeah. like even if I think people who who say like oh yeah for sure this is going to be the year like you also you just never know an injury here or a matchup there like I think Boston probably went to the playoffs last year thinking that they were going to win especially after the year that they had that's 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 my thing is I never yeah. pick the president's trophy winner that is like my cardinal rule I actually mm-hmm. did not pick Boston to win the Stanley Cup and yeah. I didn't think they'd lose the way they did I will say that I didn't <laughs> pick I didn't pick Florida but uh yeah I it's such a weird game like mm-hmm. it just especially in the playoffs the refs don't show up so then that's another factor of, of, of the game um yeah so I think because of that, that's where like I'm I can't really answer too too well because the Leafs need to know that there are two seasons. There's a regular season and the playoffs, and it's completely different. And year after year, we see more examples of it, but time and time again, like fans, media are always shocked about the differences. Officiating is different. How you played, it's different. What you need to do to win is completely different. So I need to see how this Leafs team plays together in a in a in one of those scrappy games, in like a high scoring game, in one of those shutdown games, before I can say that yeah, they are Stanley Cup contenders. I think they're gonna be a great team. I think they'll be a great, great regular season um a team. I think they're gonna win a lot of games. But when it comes to the playoffs. Everyone's automatically saying, well, we won won around last year. That automatically means we're going to win around this year. I don't know. There are a lot Uh, of good teams in the East. A lot of good teams in the East. I I know Boston obviously lost to to Florida, but how important is it for the Leafs maybe to get that, you know, win the division? Maybe you'd think play a better or an easier opponent, but look at Boston. Is that something you think about or is it just get in and don't really care about just win and, and get in, make sure you're in the dance and go from there. Yeah, I used to care about like home ice advantage and all that stuff, but it yep, nah. 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 Okay. I, I I don't I don't I I know it can affect some teams, definitely. I don't know if it affects the Leafs too too um too much. <laughs> well, to look be at, honest. Look at the Tampa they didn't they won what one home game in, in the playoffs last year? Oh <laughs> <laughs> and they made they won five oh. games, won one at home. They, <laughs> So it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't know, man. But like, yeah, like when it comes to the regular season, like, would it be cool to win the division? Sure. They also (laughs) won the North Division. And what happened? Lost in seven to Montreal. So I'm at a point literally just like, get in, get in healthy, get in confidence. Know that again, that this style of play is going to change. It's going to get tougher and that everyone needs to buy into that. And as long as they have that perspective, I don't care. They can get in as an eighth seed. I truly don't care. Mm. Like, and 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 I don't know. I might I might go back to like like you know like my appearance on this show and like you know if they're on like a five game like losing streak, I might say like okay, remember what you said. But like like honestly, like yeah, I just just as like just get, get in. in, just get in, get in, and then and then once once things take place there, then we can kind of work work out the, the playing field because the the way that the playoff format like works. There's no benefit of finishing first. Yeah. There's no benefit of finishing second. So just get in at this point. Um, I want to ask the spicy question that I was 
you know, I teed off a little bit when we're, we're talking about doing this and, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this is my fandom. So I want to preface that before I get into this, but I just look on paper and I think, I honestly truly believe the Sens are better than the Leafs this year. Now, if Josh Norris is not healthy, I take everything back. And that seems like a decent likelihood at this point. So this is with Norris being like playing 60 games or something like relative health. Okay. Do you think I am taking crazy pills? Did I get the red pill or (laughs) is, is this, is this something that makes sense to you? See the thing that is like so I'm going through like in my head I can, I can give you my do you want me to give you the reasoning I I can do sure, that sure so sure one I think the goaltending's probably a wash mm-hmm. um and honestly the way Forsberg Corpusalo I I feel they they have three goalies I'm I, terrified of Corpusalo yeah he he is <laughs> he looked terrible yesterday or not very good but mm-hmm. it's a preseason game and and the the Sens basically sent their ECHL team. So I, I don't read too much into that. But goaltending's good. Their defense, I think, is really good. I love Sanderson, Chikrin, if he can just play like those are I think those two guys could be better than Riley next this year. Shabbat uh, is good, talented, if he, but their defense, I think, is better than the Leafs. Their forward group, you know, like Stutzla is pretty dynamic. Sure, they don't have a Marner um, and and Matthews, but I think they'll probably be deeper depending on how the Shane Pinto thing resolves itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I feel the forward groups, I think Ottawa might have more depth. You guys don't really have a third line center unless you make it Nylander, which would be an experience. So I just see it as like the Sens get good goaltending, relative health. Uh, Norris is as you know plays an, a significant amount of time. He scored thirty five goals. He gets to twenty five thirty. Yeah, so he gets a hundred hundred points. Kachuk's like a ninety point guy. Like I don't know. I just it feels like this is the year. And then I look at DJ Smith and I you know get scared shitless. But <laughs> uh, am am I taking crazy pills? I don't think you're taking crazy pills. I mean, like I'll agree with you on on the defense, like. Again, I, I don't like looking at d- our daily face-off page because I scroll down and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so that concern, it, it, the forward group is where I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. Okay. Right? Like, like again, like Stutzla is and is going to be a star for the longest time. Brady Kachuk is, is one of the hardest, hardest players, players to, um, to play against. But like the Leafs have a lot, a lot of goals in there. Um, but third line center, that's completely true. The William Nylander center, I don't know. I don't know if that sticks, to be honest. I, I don't think that is going to stick. I think it's going to end up being something like Nyes, Nyes, Tavares, uh, Tavares and Nylander that, as a line. Speaking of Nyes, I, I, I'm i very high on Okay. Nyes. Very, very high. And I, I think and I think um, with that, with Bertuzzi, I think Bertuzzi can, is going to have a, um, a really good season. I think Max Domi will have a great season as well, especially if he gets a lot of those good matchups um, in the bottom six. And again, he can put he can put the puck in the net. Um, the, 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 the fourth line is interesting. David Camp you know, knows his role. Ryan Reeves, I don't think is going to play every single game. And I think if you, if he is, then that might be, that might be an area where the, where the four group kind of, kind of hurts there. Noah Gregor is not on the team yet, but I think he's but he going played to be. really, 
very fast, very shifty. And I think exactly, exactly what they need as far as like, you know, kind of making the, the bottom six, like, um, I guess better, better, better to kind of um play against. But just the main question is who has more goals, the least bottom six or the Sens bottom six. And I don't know if I can say the least bottom six right now, like definitively has more goals. I think it just depends on how the rest of the roster fills out. Um, is it a Nick does if Nick Robertson makes a team and he can actually play, I think that can be um, um, a huge game changer. Um, maybe we see an instance where, and something that I'm hoping for, you know, a player like Puma Ponce's homework, who spent a lot of time with the team last year. Um, and it's kind of in this interesting little like gray area, because I'm pretty sure he needs waivers to go to the Marlies. And I don't know if he clears. He mm-hmm. might. I don't know. This might be a situation where I'm just like overvaluing him because I watch him all the time. Yeah. But like I think there's a player there. I honestly think that if he, you know, if he continues on a good on a good trajectory, we can see a situation where like the third line is something like Domi Holmberg and I don't know yet Yarncroke unless he gets moved. So I think as far as the forwards go, might be biased, but I don't know. And no, I like I just, I just yeah. feel it's not like. It's not a clear cut. Oh, the Leafs are way better than the Sens forward group, mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? Um, I think it Kel- might be close. I think it might be closer than a lot of people are willing to admit. Um, yeah. Now, how what that gap is, <laughs> I I don't know. I can't really say. I'm, yeah. I'm never really. That, that's always two things I'm not not really good at comparing comparing like like um comparing like skill when it comes to teams and mock trades. I'm the worst at that. Mock I, trades. I, okay, I've been I've been writing know. a lot of mock trades, and trust me, people that do it well. They have that gift because honestly through look through it is like, does this make sense? I'm thinking, <laughs> can't everyone just be traded to Arizona? And then you think actually probably not because they don't. <laughs> spend uh, but uh, no, I, I think, I think you're probably right. I would say the least probably have better high end skill as much as mm-hmm. I love like Batherson and Terrace Tarasenko is going to be an experiment. Like they just have a lot of guys. Can, I was going to ask you about that. So like, what are your thoughts on Tarasenko? I, I, if if it means that you make a, like, let's say they trade Matthew Joseph and give up even a second round pick, right? Yeah. Um, you lose. He's a good player. Like he didn't play well for the Sens, but he is an NHL player. You can put him on a third and fourth line. He can skate, kill penalties. He's a good NHL player. Uh, even if he scored, I think one even strength. I don't think he scored an even strength goal last year. So that tells you something. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done it. It Now they can't sign Pinto. So if you take that into account, you're basically giving up whatever that happens. You might have to trade Brandstrom or whatever the case may be. So mm. I don't love it, um, especially for $5 million. If you told me it was $2.5, 3000000 I would take that bet and, and might as well. But I didn't really think they needed that. I forgot but- it was that high. It was five. I think it was five million. I believe. I need to double check. I'm like ninety nine percent sure. That sounds about right. Though. Um, but uh, if Norris is not healthy, which it does look like it's seeming to be, then I don't mind the bet. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of ifs and buts. I wouldn't say I love it. I wouldn't say I hated it. Um, I do think it's like I think about the NBA a lot because I, I cover basketball a little bit, and guys, you see a guy and they sign on a minimum, like John Wall. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, John Wall is on this team. And you, because he was an all star five years ago, mm-hmm. not so much anymore. So we'll see how it plays out. But overall, yeah. a decent move. But uh, 
I would say from what I'm hearing, uh, Pierre Dorian does not have a long time left in Ottawa. So really that sucks because like a lot of those deals, like, like those are like, there's going to be a time where there's going to be like a new GM and people are going to be like, wow, I can't believe they got all these players on Ottawa signed to like a sign signed to such team friendly deals. And then yeah. like, you're going to see like Pierre Dorian saying like, well, yeah, I did that. no Pierre Dorian is like the ultimate like high risk high reward it's like it Mm -hmm. either really works or it falls flat in your face Colin White um so yeah yeah or Michael Delzato now I will say I don't know how much Eugene Melnick was kind of behind the scenes so I'm not gonna blame him for everything but Tyler Boucher not not so good uh just the it's just it's just and then 2020, he just kills the draft, right? Like, you know, so it's... Oh, man. man. That was funny. <laughs> 2020 just wa- draft? Just watching it, I'm like, wow. Like, you like you know when someone gets hired and, like, yeah. you're kind of waiting for, like, when they're like, oh, yeah, like, this is my decision comes up? That draft was going through, and I was like, there he is. Yep, there it is. Yeah. Good times, good times. Good times. I, I, I still was on the Quentin Byfield train and uh you know, you know, I hope he finds a, a place in LA, but it feels as though he just won't get that center job. But okay, let's let's do some kind of quick roundups. I've I've kept you for so long, but I have some fun um questions for you. Now, first, okay. this one I think you'll really like as a Leafs okay. fan. What okay. is the worst Canadian team to be a fan of? Oh, See, it's gonna. <laughs> my answer is gonna make it seem like it should be Leafs fans. Um, one okay. So be- before I answer, I'm, I'm just gonna say so say this about Leafs fans because we we are no no angels at all, and in fact, Leafs fans do this thing that I really that really bothers me to my core. Okay, like they get into like a like a debate with like I don't know like like a Jets fan or like a Canucks fan. Or it's just like, oh, well, like, like you know, the the Jets fan will say like, oh, haha, like you like you can't win around, and the Leafs fan will say, well, yes, we did, and then at least we can make the playoffs, and then the Leafs fans will say, well, you know what, at least we want a cup. Your franchise hasn't won anything, <laughs> and I'm like, stop. Yeah, we have not won a cup in over fifty years. If you Google the team, the pictures in black and white. Stop. So that that's one thing that Leafs fans, well, a lot of these fans do, and I'm like, just stop it, please. Um, the the worst team, the worst, the worst Canadian team to be a fan of. I'm I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna take it in a different in a different light. I'm okay. gonna say the Canucks. I I that's because that's what I was gonna say. I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know what their plan is. I don't know why they why they they burdened they burdened Quinn Hughes with that C. That poor child. Are they going to make him the captain of? The, of I, I don't know what they're trying to do. And again, every every, every time something happens to the Canucks, I, I think of Sam, and just like yeah. every time we talk about it, we talk about it. Just like the look of just like exhaustion, because yeah. literally, like the Canucks right now are what the Leafs used to be back when the, the mantra was just get into the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Just get into the playoffs. doesn't matter. And I'm like, I'm watching it in like full effect. And again, they just, they don't make any sense. I don't know why they're moving draft picks. I, I, I don't get it. Last year was the year to tank and they're trying to win this year. They're trying to win. I don't know what, the, I, I don't know. I don't know. So based off the aspect of just having like a managerial staff that just 
question marks everywhere i think the canucks would be my answer you know it's so funny i've never seen uh, a team be so excited to like in a way trade their captain and star player and then immediately get so upset that they trade <laughs> for philip Peronic with that pick and they're just like it's like final oh oh like I, my jaw dropped like oh. i texted i texted our group chat and i was like but like literally, my question is, why are the Canucks trading draft picks? Like, like just just straight. I I don't get. I don't get. Like, what are you trying to do, man? And then like, they got too good. They won all their games at the end of the year. Went from like seventh in the lottery position to like they could have had Mitchkov, and they got like eleven or something. It's oh, just, it's just crazy. you know, my my. I have a friend of mine uh, that just is a Canucks fan, and he mm-hmm. was so into them during the pandemic, and he's just so out. He's just like. Yeah, they're just the Canucks. Tell me when they do. So, you know, like I think Leafs fans get a lot of gripe and uh, obviously for, for, you know, they're the biggest fan base. Um, I will say Habs fans are interesting that I I won't I won't Mm -hmm. say it in a different way. They're not terrible. They're just interesting. It is. Yeah. Habs fans, man, are Habs fans are so passionate about their team, but I feel like sometimes that passion kind of blinds them sometimes. Yeah. But, and it's funny, like, acting the fool woman on Twitter, like, has this, like, funny joke about, like, how Habs fans treat prospects, where it's, like, at first, they're, like, the best thing ever, and then they're, like, taking them, taking along, and then they're a bust, <laughs> and then they should be traded. So, like, you know, like, like, at, like, at first, I, at the first was, like, oh, yeah, Shane Wright, Shane Wright, and then, and then it turned to Slavkovsky, and they're, like, yeah, and then you had a bad year, and they're, like, oh, Okay, and now then he was like, wasn't playing well. I was like, oh, he sucks. It's a bust. And now he had like one good game, and it's like, oh yeah, it's great. But it's like that. Good. Did you see the other team? So it's like it, it's I, very interesting. Like I, I think, I think of like watching the games. Like 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 have Habs fans, man, are as passionate as ever. But yeah, sometimes like if if you want to get into like a Twitter debate, like if a Habs not. fan is 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 included, then you might kind of want to take take a back seat because the the passion is strong and the passion is true. And sometimes it's uh it's difficult to kind of find like a common ground there, especially if it's like a least versus Habs debate because you oh, know, just buy yeah. it, buy that, principle. That, thankfully, yeah. I'm not. I will say I don't. I heard about Caden Primo's name for about six years, and just yeah, like like yeah. he not that he no one said he's the next Carey Price, but you could tell me that he was the next Connor Hellebuck. That's what it felt like. Oh, it was well, like. Do you remember? Do you remember? I think it was in 2016 when Dustin Tokarski was the next oh my uh, Carey God. Price. And yes. then he just dis man, that was hilarious. They're like, oh, <laughs> the next come next coming, the reincarnation of Carrie Price. And then he like disappeared. I'm like, oh, so he did the thing that goalies do where they're good for a little bit and then they just like not. But yeah, yeah. So I will I will shout out my my Jets fans because I am, you know, uh, a Sens and Jets fan at heart. And I find they're the most realistic, them and maybe the Flames fans, where they're just like, no one wants oh. to <laughs> no one wants to be here. Let's, let's tank. <laughs> And then yeah. why why are we trying to be good? Let's just tank and make our like let's be exciting, fun, and lose yeah. like all our games. Yeah, my one of my good friends, um, uh, Braid, uh, Brady, uh, an oh, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, he's he <laughs> like like and, like like zero delusion at all. Like Jets fans know what's up. Like if you try to tell them like which oh, is our the team funniest, good, they're thing. like they're like no, like come on, we we see it. The Which funniest is, thing ever, yeah. The funniest thing is because they're, what they're doing now is like we're still a contender, and Jets fans are like, "What? Nah." Wait, what are you saying? Uh, I will go on that theme. 
because a Canadian team has not won in 30 years. And as we've just talked about, it has caused a lot of pain. Um, how much of a deficit are these Canadian te- like Canadian teams at with the taxes, the weather, the market? Like, do you like if you could almost put a percentage or just explain what you think maybe the deficit they're against kind of all the American teams, especially the ones in very warm and big uh, markets? Yeah, I, I think the main thing is, and I know a lot of like Canadian hockey fans are having a field day with this this summer, especially with like a like a number of like American players who went back to the stage or just like players on Canadian teams who just like oh, wow. left in free agency, for example, like in Toronto is Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen. And one of the main points that came out was that, you know, it'd be the recognizability factor, right? And that like, you know, I think like Steven Stankos talks about this a lot in Tampa where like he can just like walk down the street and go to the beach and like no one knows who he is. And I think a lot of hockey players like that, right? It's not like in the end, it's not like in the NBA where like, if you're a star in the NBA, like you're a celebrity, like, yeah. You go to like all the parties, all this, all the, all their A-list celebrities want to hang out with you. But like in the NHL, if you're a star, like they just want to be left alone. And yeah. if you're playing in a Canadian market, especially a market like Montreal, Toronto, like you will be noticed. People will see, people will recognize your voice, your face, how tall you are. They'll see you walking your dog and be able to recognize you like seven blocks down. So I, I think it's a mixed bag of things. And I think there are some players who, either just don't care about it or like or want that limelight and i think it can also be a timing thing as well and the reason why i say timing is that you know when you're first getting into the league sometimes you kind of just want to get your feet under you you kind of want to learn the league to kind of get comfortable like playing nhl hockey knowing what the demands are the schedules and such and i think for some players doing that on top of being an automatic star you know recognizable figure i guess i don't know can be I don't know if, if if distracting is is um is is the is the right word for it, but maybe like a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see a lot of like you know star players who like grew up in like Ontario, for example, will like spend their time playing in the states for a little bit and then sign with the Canadian team afterwards once they kind of establish themselves a little bit. So like I think of Max Domi for for um for example, who if he wanted to, Max Domi could have been a Leaf whenever he wanted. Obviously, you know, draft rights yeah. and yada yada, but like. He could have been a Leaf whenever he wanted, right? But, you know, spent time playing with different teams in the States. You know, Chicago, Dallas, Um, I think was on – was he on Columbus? Yes, he was. I think, yeah. He was. Right, he you was. Know, like a, a lot of different Josh American Anderson teams. trade? That sounds Yeah, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, and now, and now, I guess it felt like you no, know, now was the right time. So, but I do think that the, the limelight or the awareness or I guess the scrutiny maybe, some players just – don't want that. Some players just kind of want to be able to, you know, have their cake and eat it too. You know, like be a be a great player. You know, be a high performer in a sports league, but at the same time, still be able to go down to the to the local shopping mart and you know, not be like you know, have their picture taken or whatever. So I, I think it's a I think it's kind of a mixed bag bag of them both. I can't comment on it because, you know, I am nowhere close to being, being that. And I know there are some people who say like, oh, it's soft, you know, like they, they can't handle the limelight or whatever, but. You know, just yeah. it's people's careers. That's, that's how they want to go about it. It's unfortunate. That's for sure. It sucks. Yeah. Right. And I think, again, when you think of the fact that the majority of the league, I think the demographic are Canadian, but the Canadian team has them on the cups is 93. Yeah. It's 93 Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I don't know who knows. Maybe if more players were okay with that. And, maybe and, that might change. and to go from, you know, a player that just loves the limelight, uh, Connor Bedard, um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i mean he does on the ice but uh yeah. 
I want to give you an over under because I don't know if I'm being way too high, way too low. Is over yeah. under at 35 goals? Do you take the over on Connor Bedard rookie year again? Exclaimer, barring injury. Ah, hmm. uh, you know what? I think I'll say over. Ooh. His shot is stupid. That <laughs> prospect goalie. Man, I would have sued. I'm not even kidding. If I was the agent, I would have been watching. I'm like, how dare you put my client in that position? Like he sits out. He oh my god. <laughs> well, like honestly, like I, I, I don't think it's it's out of the realm possibility for Bedard to have a Matthews like rookie season or even more. Like again, like it just comes down to whether he can get the time and space to do that, and I think he can. Like again, like he's been ready for the NHL for the last year, year and a bit now. Like he's only getting in now. So I, I think I think he can he can perform definitely, and I think if you have a team like Chicago, they can probably make a lot make make of and do a lot of damage on that power play. And you have to think that Bedard is gonna have, gonna have a lot of um a lot of opportunities there. But like again, like he's getting these shots across, whether you're covering him or not, he's he's ripping that puck, and I mm-hmm. think that's something that's gonna catch a lot of goalies off guard. Where they're gonna they're gonna see him like wind up, and it's like okay, well he has like a couple a couple of people in front of him, and then. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so I think that I think that's where a lot of those goals are going to take place. And again, he's going to be play, play, you know, playing with like you know Taylor Hall, for example, who really great playmaker, right? So I think I, I think I'm going to go on the over. I think he'll finish with like maybe like a 40 or a 41 goal season. And if okay. not, then it makes sense, you know, NHL. Whatever. Okay, so on on you know, it's people that produce at high high levels. Connor McDavid, can he? And this doesn't have to be this year, but will mm-hmm. he ever? be a two point per game score in the NHL. I yes. he do uh, yes, 160? Yes. 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 Is it this year? I I don't know if it's this year, but it's at it's at listen, Connor McDavid is is Connor McDavid is is impossible to fathom. Like <laughs> because he he is video game hologram in reality. Ooh. And if he wants to do something like he just, it's like Sidney Crosby did the same thing. There would be years where Crosby would just go into a season and say, you know what? I'm going to win the rocket. And then just goals, goals, goals. McDavid went into this last season saying, I'm going to win the rocket and just flew with it. Oh my so I, I think if McDavid wants to, now granted, it might change because I really think he's on that, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win a cup thing. He has like yeah. a little yeah. mean, angry face and stuff, which, you know, I respect. Um, But like, McDavid is gonna put up points and points and points and points for the for eons. So yeah, I do. I would not be surprised if, at, if after everything said and done, he like retires as a two point per game player because again, like he just he puts up points like it's nothing, and yeah. it's it's honestly hilarious. And it doesn't matter against it doesn't matter if it's a good team, bad team, mid team, he will let you up. And that aspect, like, like there's no stopping him. So if he wants to, I think he can. Who is the best team in Canada? <sighs> I, mean, I, I know my answer, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, like, <laughs> so are you saying, like, like the team who has, the, like, the best chance of win, winning the cup? Or are you just saying, like, just best? Uh, isn't that the same? Isn't that the same thing? But I, I'd say the cup. I'd say the cup. I'd say the cup. That's what yeah. I. Think about. If that's the case, then yeah, Edmonton. I think. Um, just because they they will, I think, compared to teams in the East, which is funny to say, because back in our day, 
the West was a monster and the East sucked. But yeah, like just like Western Conference teams that just have they have an easier path, especially the especially the Edmonton in the Pacific Division. So now they win it. If they win the division, they're facing a wild card team, but still I think that's okay. But I think they're they're gonna end up having an, an a quote unquote easier path. Granted, you still have to get through teams like LA, who, you know, probably is sick and tired of losing to Edmonton in the first round. Um, and you know, Vegas is still there. Colorado is probably gonna gonna try to go for a rebound, but I think based off of you know talent, opportunities, standings, whatever, I think Edmonton probably has the best chance to win. Hope I'm wrong because the Twitter will be very interesting if Edmonton wins a cup before we do that that would be I mean I just want to be fair even as as much I just want a cup in Canada even if it was the least that would be just I just I can't see some clip that can I get that clipped because <laughs> I I am of the belief it happens all this when there's like one Canadian team left like people all over the country try to do this whole like yay this the last team left let's all cheer for them and this is why I don't do that because oh. I believe I believe to my heart and soul that if the Leafs were the last team, everyone would be cheering for us to lose. So hearing you say That's that actually is actually nice. But I, I refuse to believe that that like Habs fans or like Sens fans or Canucks fans would be like, yeah, Toronto, bring bring up bring. Well, up. I don't know if I'd be jumping up and joy. I will say though. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing if the Leafs are in like a conference finals, it's a win-win for me. They either win and that's great. They lose and it's great. So it's more like watching <laughs> your favorite TV show and yeah. you know, like I'm going to be entertained, right? Exactly. That's, that's that's what I'd feel like with the Leafs. I, even when the Habs made it, I I felt like I was cheering for them, even though I'm, I'm not supposed to. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, it's, I definitely felt that. Um, I, before I let you go, because this is a debate I've asked a bunch of people, and I, I really don't know how to feel about it. And I, I feel like I put my plan, my flag, a little bit on one side. But okay. is goaltending voodoo? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, and it, it's and okay. There because right now, right, mm-hmm. you can count on one hand like the bona fide number one goaltenders in the league, Vasilevsky. Hellebuck, Hellebuck, Ottinger. I I love Hellebuck, Jets fan. Not yeah. so good in the playoffs, Just right? So, play. but because and and the, and so there's that aspect. So like the age of having like a number one goalie like gone, right? And yep. another thing too, every year there is a goalie. That comes out of nowhere <laughs> and just says, "Hey, you know what? Aiden Hill to make the play." Literally, Biddington out of nowhere was in the ECHL. Like, like I don't know who who won the cup in Vegas. Who was there? I don't even know what the, what the Aiden name Hill. Was. Aiden Hill. Yes, Aiden Hill. Right out of nowhere, it always happens. So yeah, goaltending. Like, there's timing of it, and there's skill for sure. And obviously, it's good to have to know like who your goal, who your goalie is going to be. But like, man, you can have one goalie that like is a brick wall in one round, and then they decide, you know what? Okay, pff, we're gone. And like for the rest of the playoffs, Bobrovsky didn't start the playoffs, and he he was pretty shaky in the finals and was unbeatable for two like three rounds. Yep. yep so, you know, but the the thing is, is that Omar, the, the cap's gonna rise. Goalies yeah. are gonna get paid. Uh, I don't know if the cap's gonna rise, and I don't know if goalies are gonna get paid. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I really like. I keep saying it. I I really don't think another goalie's gonna make double digits. I I think Bobrovsky's gonna be the be gonna be the last one. Like I think if it does happen, like 
because like like goalies who are signing new deals now, like I don't know if they can argue they can make more than Vasilevsky. I think he makes nine nine five. I think you're right. Yeah. Right. So like I I can't see any any other goalie doing that. And again, because of the fact that like, listen, all you need is an opportunity, confidence, and a streak, and you're stopping everything. And then like, because what happens is that like you know a you know goalie plays hot, has a great playoff. You sign them long term, and then they freaking go back to how they were before, yeah. and it's like, what happened? Yeah. So, so it, it, it's so such a, it's the most important position in, in in the game, but it's also the weirdest. It, it's crazy because you can have a fantastic team, but if if your goalie can't stop anything, it does not matter. You're going to lose. I, I do think that is what we've seen in the NHL is now that so many teams, like even the Leafs, right? Like, why did they sign Martin Jones? Yep. You know, he made a Stanley Cup final. I mean, he somehow won all these games last year with an 885, which is like one of the weirdest. Like that I Seattle team was so weird. So they, weird. They only <laughs> scored at five on five. Their shooting percentage was like way too high. Yeah. And like they, Seattle obliterated my playoff bracket. I was <laughs> so shocked. So shocked. But yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. I I, I don't. But it, know. I just think it's it's like you look at the Sens. You look at Vegas had like four goalies, five goalies. Um, you know, I think you don't want to look at Tampa as like they're the exception to the rule. It really yeah. feels as though that's the case, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Just because, like, do goalies make more than five million like ever again? Like, unless you're. You know, even Sorokin got what was it eight million? I think he's right? at eight. Yeah, yeah, and he's unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. in my opinion, top three or four goalie in the world, right? Yeah, and he signed eight times eight. Like he he signed that as quick as he could, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh it's gonna be interesting. Okay, so I will let you go, but you have the floor, and we talked about way too early predictions. But who's your Stanley Cup prediction? Just because I have to. Uh, who comes out from the West? Who comes out from the East? And why is it the Leafs? Ah, uh, man. Ah, uh, I think as far as who comes out of the East, <laughs> I've been, I've had, I've had like this like interesting little like run with Carolina, but I feel Ooh. like they, they. They're a team that, like, they're in that, like, cup or bust for sure. Especially after, you know, the coach says, oh, you know, we got swept. But, like, we also, like, didn't get swept. I'm like, right? So, but, but you know, I think their they're team could be, you know, that, that could be interesting. Um, And then the West, Edmonton. Oh, Ashley, wait, no. Whoa. Whoa. No. no. Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Nathan, I, Nathan, I, you know. Nathan McKinnon is mad. Nathan McKinnon is mad. I feel very much so that Carolina is a bit. I'm gonna say it. There, I don't. I don't believe in them. I just. I. Mm-hmm. I just. I think you need to have one of the best forwards in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. You look at who won. Maybe. Maybe St. Louis 2019 because I wouldn't have said any of those forwards were like mm-hmm. a top. Maybe Tarasenko. Uh, yeah. Even in 2019. Um, you just need that top top player, and I love Sebastian Aho, but is he a top twenty player in the NHL? I, I wouldn't say top twenty, no. But like I remember, like 
the whole season, like Carolina's strength is their depth and how like everyone scores. Yeah. And I wonder if that's something they try to lean into a little bit more. And maybe that's something that kind of catches teams off guard. But you are you are right. Like you do need that. Like there are so many times in the playoffs where I'm like, man, it'd be great if they had Spechikov right now. Yes, that's they true. Didn't have they didn't have the game breaker. That's true. That that's a very fair point because he was so good throughout the season before he got injured, and like he is mm-hmm. a game breaker. And uh, yeah, I just I remember I think I remember before I went to I think they came to Ottawa twice. I went I watched Carolina before the end of the season, mm-hmm. and you know, when you go you go to a game, I always like I check the score and it's like what's their stats, and I'm like nineteenth yeah. in goals four. I'm like what. And you're thinking that is worrisome. You, yeah. you talk a lot about like defense wins championships. Still got to score, right? And they in that in that Florida series, they did not score, right? Nope. So, <laughs> not uh, at all. But uh, Omar, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. This was a long time, but a fun time. I just want to give you the floor to plug whatever you need at Yahoo Zone Time. Just the floor is yours. Uh, yeah. So, um. Twitter, TikTok, Tomar, uh, Zone Time is starting up this, uh, starting up, uh, we're having another season of Zone Time, which is great. Uh, another year, uh, doing, I guess, like post game analysis for the athletics. So that'd be cool as well. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, just mainly just gifts and clips and all that things leaf. Uh, so in the inevitable, hopeful moment that doesn't take place, uh, if they lose, you'll see me there. If they win, you'll also see me there. That one, that first round victory was sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I thought I was dreaming. That was cool. That was awesome. That is so sad. I am so sad. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's very sad. Like people are like, "Oh, these fans. That's just Stanley Cup." I'm like, "You're damn straight. It is." I just you remember are, that. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. It's like you and Steve Dangle. People are like, it's like almost like they just like cured cancer. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I am so happy for you. I'm, you know, this is so amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's so sad. If I was Brendan Shanahan and like on Twitter that day, I'd be disgusted. I'd be like, look what we look what we've created. We only got to the first, the second round, and they're celebrating. What What is like the GIF or the like comment that is like the most viral that you've ever had? Because I, I I need to know this before I let oh. you go. End off on a high. Oh man. Um. Jeez, I think it's anything. I think it's anything like goofy that like Matthews and Marner do. Um, okay. so like one, I think the one I think that's that's gotten a lot of traffic soon uh, recently was like Nylander just like helping with the equipment. Yeah, uh, I saw that in <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Um, uh, like that how one. Do you, how do you make the? Can you give us the secret sauce, or is this you know state secrets? How do you make the? the oh, it's not really like anything secret. Usually, it's just like some type of like screen recorder. So like you know, OBS huh. usually is a, is a good one that oh, helps. Yeah. And um, yeah, then you just put them up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually it's just any any. Usually the the most popular clips are the ones that are like aren't hockey related at all. It's just like the players is like being people, and again, that's why that's why I love about gifting is that like you kind of capture those moments to kind of like see it. Where it's like, yeah, there's the player, but it's also like the person. They have a personality. And it's not just like you know, all pucks in deep and forecheck and yada yada. Like they're actual people. Like you know, they find things funny and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think those those are moments that usually kind of stand out for people. Have you ever thought about trying to get gift to to sponsor like Zone Time or something? <laughs> um, I don't I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I might well, actually. I don't know. There, there's some gifts of Avery. Like there's, uh, I think there's some, there's some um uh, popping around. There'll probably be a lot more this year too. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it'll be cool. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Omar. You, you know, you're the best. Uh, I do, you know, a part of me does hope that the Leafs do well just for you because you're, you know, a friend of the show. Um, otherwise, uh, I hope it is tormented <laughs> and as usual because, Likewise. <laughs> because it is always fun on Twitter or X mm. or whatever Elon calls it uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, uh, it it's, you know, it's always a pleasure. I always have a bunch of fun with you and uh you know it's it, i'm excited for the leafs uh sense games this year should be a fun one so oh, thank yeah. you so much omar for for taking the time and doing this no thanks for having me on